0: Everybody, this is Jeff Morton, one of your hosts for returning to Eden. I'm um, glad you guys are joining us tonight before Thanksgiving uh got a lot to talk to you about, and uh unfortunately, Dina or fortunately for her, I should say she won't be joining me tonight. She had some uh friends apparently that she has not seen for a very, very long time kind of show up and uh she she contacted me this afternoon and she says, "Oh Jeff, what am I going to do and I went, well. Go, go for it. Enjoy your friends. And, uh, I mean, you know, Dina's old, so she's has a long time. She hasn't seen anybody, what, these, I guess these people are up. Uh, she hasn't seen them for like 200 years, so I told her, please, enjoy your friends. Of course, I'm kidding, but... <laughs> so she's uh, she's not going to be joining us tonight, and, uh, which is fine. And I have a lot to talk to you guys about and a lot to share, so and I'm going to talk about a specific topic I don't have any notes in front of me. I'm just going to tell you about an experience that I had uh, over the last four or five days. But first, I want to wish everybody a very happy Thanksgiving. I hope you have a wonderful holiday with your families. Uh, I know we will here in my, in my home, my neck of the woods. And Dean is already celebrating with her friends. And so, um, enjoy your holidays, you guys. And be blessed and be thankful and remember the troops. Who are um, remember those who are in service uh, that can't be home right now uh, to enjoy some of the things that we enjoy and please be mindful of the fact that where they are is why we're here and so let's remember our our service members and our uh, first responders anyway um, Dino will be back with us next week uh, I had uh, I'm going to share a couple of things something happened I mentioned something. On an interview that I did, <clears throat> I did a two-hour interview on a program called renewed with two ladies, Deb Wiley and Keisha. Uh, her name, her last name escapes me right now. I'm sorry, Keisha, but we did a two-hour interview in conjunction with the video that I did uh, concerning women, and so we spent two hours. The ladies got a chance to speak with me, and I've gotten a lot of pretty good response from people who have heard that interview, and also a video that I did on on Facebook a few weeks ago speaking about women but during that whole process I made a statement about death and I was talking I think I mentioned it last week death is not the end of life and as I thought about that I was doing something at work and this was bouncing around in my head then it occurred to me that nowhere in scriptures does it say death is the end of life and so I got a lot of people that actually picked up on that statement and contacted me and uh, so I just kinda went through a lot of scriptures and and kinda shared my ideal about why I said that Uh, and everywhere in the scriptures I you know as we go back to returning to Eden in other words going back and looking at the scriptures from the lens of the writers it's really the heart of this program I started thinking about you know what was Moses thinking when when he you know was nearing his death and when the Lord took him up in the last chapter of Deuteronomy and showed to him the land that he was not going to go into the Bible's very specific about saying that and and the Lord buried Moses Uh, but then also the Bible in particular Daniel 2 and John five twenty eight in the in the Brit Hadashar the New Testament Isaiah twenty six nineteen uh, places in Ezekiel talks about how the graves shall be opened and the dead shall live or those who sleep in the dust shall rise and that goes in that's in harmony with what I was thinking about because the Bible tells us that death is a curse and it's actually one of the last things that's removed as the Lord you know, comes and rules and reigns. And so I started thinking about death from a different perspective, not the end of life, if you will, but a consequence of sin. And I want to I want to be very careful how I say this because we we have in our culture we're entrenched entrenched with dogmas and theologies. And all I'm simply saying is this. If death was added to life, Then that means it's not a part of the end of life, if you will. It's not the end of anything. It's a curse. It means that you and I, because we chose to sin, or lawlessness, if you will, to not protect life, because everything the Father is talking about, and if you've been following this program for any length of time, you'll know that Dean and I just hammer away at the fact that everything that's going on here, all of it is. Due to life and the creation of life, and this is what the Father is protecting life. You see, babies are still being born, people are still getting married, and the ideal or the concepts that He instituted when He created all of us are still happening in the earth, and we need to recognize that. And the reason they're still happening in earth is because that was the purpose in the beginning. That was the purpose of why the earth is here in the first place, is to bring forth life. And so all of that's still happening. What we've done to it and is contrary because you know we don't honor the very reason we all exist and so you have murder and you have all this chaos and craziness and all this stuff and so we tend to take all of this stuff and realize oh my god I can't wait until I die and I'm done with all of this and that's really not what the Bible's telling us the Bible's telling us that the dead shall rise out of the dust of the earth Throughout the scriptures, that theme is relevant. So I was thinking a couple of weeks ago, if I look at death as a thing, like a car, or or a uh, you know a, a hole that you fall into, then that's what it is. It's a hole that you fall into, but you don't die, even if your your lungs and your air and all the things that keep us alive, the water in your body, living water. If all of those things leave your body, they leave your body. But you <clears throat> are not your body. You are spirit. We are spirit. So the spirit doesn't die. And I love how Dina says, death is being removed from time or being removed from the limits that God placed in the earth. Death is being, is either overcoming, <coughs> excuse me, overcoming The lies. uh, Let me let me back up a little bit. Death is a consequence. It was not the opposite of life. It is a consequence of not protecting life, not honoring the things that God put in play in order for life to be fruitful and to multiply. So, but even then, if we're you know certainly going to acknowledge Messiah, Yeshua, or Jesus. Death did not was not the end, and he showed that to us, because he walked out of the grave. Literally, he walked out of the grave. He had a different body. There was a lot more going on, but he was no longer bound by death. Death, he had overcome death. In other words, he had surpassed the sin, and was now walking in, uh, experiencing sinlessness completely. He, he, he no longer was. Controlled by the flesh, if you will. And even that I don't like to say because the flesh is something that the Father made and it's absolutely amazing what our bodies are made of. But we tend to look at flesh as being a nasty thing or a dirty thing and actually it's a brilliant thing. But we got everything all backwards. And so I took a lot of calls about that. And people were wanting me to explain that. Uh, so you know, this is not really theory to me. This is not something that Jeff thought about and went, "Oh, let me put this to the test." I'm going through the scriptures and seeing that the dead shall rise in Christ, if you will, if you want to go down that particular uh, uh, concept. But throughout the Old Testament, uh, to not death was not the final blow. The Bible tells us that you know Moses would sleep with us in the dust with his, with his fathers. All of these things are about sleeping or something other than being dead, gone, kaput, you're over with, have a nice day. So I was really thinking about death as being um, a problem that has to be overcome. And that's really what the scriptures are telling us, that death is a problem that, that we all have to experience. We have to overcome it. It's not the end of who we are. And I'm sorry, I don't have the scripture in front of me. <clears throat> so for me, going back to the beginning is trying to unravel some of the stuff that we've learned that doesn't make any sense. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to qualify that by saying this. Genesis 3.1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, okay, so so let's talk about Moses writing that passage. Now, this, if I walked up to you and said, yo, uh, Mariah or Dina, Mariah's our engineer, guys. The serpent is more crafter than any beast in the field. She'd look at me and go, are we talking about a snake? At what field? What beast are you talking about? The, the sentence doesn't make any sense. But but when you go back to Moses' time, you realize he's using a lot of allegories and and a whole lot of imagery he's really talking about an evil king or an evil pharaoh that is more crafter than all the other kings of the nations. That's really what he's saying. It never says the devil. It never says Lucifer. He uses imagery because in his day, the ornament that the pharaoh wore had a snake that The the high offices of the pharaoh was represented by a cobra or a snake or or I think it was called an asp or something. But that's what he's kind of alluding to. He's using the image to tell us that there's an evil thing that's crafter than all the other kings. And so if we look at Egypt as being one of the mightiest kingdoms of the earth at that time, we see now that snake is more crafter than all the other beasts. So let's go all the way back to Adam's day and realize that Moses is using imagery of his time two thousand years later to describe the experience that Adam had when he was approached in the garden it's more of an image thing so now death was instituted into all of this plan because of what we failed to do Adam did not withstand the beast of the field. Okay? He did not withstand the king or the devil, however you want to look at it, he succumbed. I tend to think he was conquered. And Dina's book, I read the first chapter of her book, it's going to blow your mind, folks. It really is going to blow your mind. But you have to kind of you have we have to dismantle our concepts and kind of get back into the mind of Moses. And so when I was talking about death, I'm not talking, I'm trying to get people to see that you do not die, your body does. Your body is what you have to vacate. That's what is no longer able to live. It's not eternal. But you don't die, and I don't, I don't, I, I want people to start thinking, you know, death is a curse. It's, it's something that was instituted because we failed to do something but it is not life it doesn't define birth it doesn't define your life it doesn't define your life after you leave the body it is a curse and we all have to experience the curse the Bible at one point revelation says that death will be the last thing removed I wonder what that's gonna be like so anyway just to answer that question for a lot of people I don't believe and you you know I've learned so many things that are contrary to my Christian upbringing and the way I understand the Bible from a from a Christian mindset, so I have to go back and I have to dismantle some of the things that I've been taught or some of the things that I've always understood and I've had to go back and research this for myself and so in going back and dismantling some of the English translations, I begin to see that you know there's words and cultural uh idioms and things that are being used in the scriptures that are common like Moses if he was living today he would he would be talking about uh computers and towers and uh let's see video screens and video games and all these things these would be culturally intact with him if he were alive today likewise in his day you know the word death and life and all these things had a different kind of meaning to them because they believed in the afterlife and they saw this three different spheres of mankind. They saw the place of the kings or the mount of the gods in the high places in the canopy, they saw the earth realm and then they saw Leviathan or the things in the seas and the underworld. So that's the way they would have interpreted life. And so for them, particularly because Moses was raised in a culture that celebrated death, in other words a transition from life to death, Moses would have had all of those idiomatic expressions or the reality of his culture in the way he was writing the text and we have to look at it that way so I just wanted to kind of say to the folks out there death is not the end it is a curse that we all have to overcome and how you live in the kingdom or in the mindset of the kingdom or according to the kingdom is what determines the quality of your life after your body's Dead, so do I believe there 's a hell? Yeah, I, you know I think so. Do I believe there 's a devil? I think so, but more importantly, none of those things come into play when you 're standing before the Father being judged for the way you lived in his kingdom that 's the goal is to find out how he has ordered life and then go do it according to the king. bring honor to this whole concept of life and don't worry about all that other stuff do what you can do today with the life that you have the body you have to represent the Messiah to represent the kingdom of God that to me is probably the most important thing now I wanted to kinda say this too i I I've been gone for uh, let's see I flew down to California and um, Thursday or Wednesday last week, man, I, I can't remember anything. And my business associate <clears throat> and I, we went down and we took a, a four-day training for uh, learning how to f- flip properties and investment. I, I'm technically an investment <clears throat> real estate investor today as a result of what I've been working on for the last, oh, I'd say three four months. But today I'm, I'm officially a, a real estate investor. I'm looking for investment properties and all that kind of stuff. And the reason I'm doing that is because I, I, I'm going to get a little personal here, okay? So I've had businesses in my life. I've m- run businesses and companies I developed, too. And, uh, you know, I had the cancer and all those things, and then I got hit with the Torah and all this stuff, and it's like my whole world changed. And so I've been really focused on learning all of this stuff, that's pouring out of the Bibles from a different perspective for the last 10 years. And, uh, <clears throat> my, my income has not changed, uh, or gotten better, and certainly isn't where it was. And so I said, Father, oh, I guess about two months ago, can you, can you show me a different way to do this? Can you show me a different way to where I can help more the girls in Peru? And I could do more for other people in the kingdom, because I'm a servant at heart. I want to help people. Can you show me a way to make a different kind of income so that I can do different kinds of things? And folks, you got to understand this. I stopped worrying about prophecy. The world's going to blow up. Oh, my God, there's a gigantic planet somewhere out there that we can't find, but it's coming. It's right around the corner. I stopped thinking about all of those things and just decided what can I do right now today? I actually believe my expression when I say, if you do absolutely nothing, then absolutely nothing will get done. I actually believe that. And so I've been saying, Father, I've got all this information. I've got all this knowledge. I've, I've never seen myself as a teacher. I'm just sharing the information that I'm learning along the way. And, you know, I hooked up with Dina, and we have this show, and I'm excited about it. But so I'm down here for four days, and we're learning all this stuff. But I got a chance to share with people what I do here, what I'm doing right now. And uh Several people uh, along this journey down here, the last few, four days, were, um, were believers. You know, most of them were Christian. And so I got a chance to talk to several Christians about what I do, why I do it. And there's, there's probably about five or six people that I'm thinking of, uh, right now. I, they wanted to understand what my show was about. And so I began to share with them how to, how to look at the scriptures through the eyes and lens of, of the ancient world. And I'll tell you what, there were some Christians there. When I got done talking about various things that that you know, if you've tracked with this program for any length of time, you'll know that Dean and I are always trying to go back to, to Eden and to kind of look at everything forward from a non theological, non doctrinal uh relationship, if you will. We we don't want to just expouse espouse more theological stuff. We want to go back and look at the Bible from the lens of the writer and try to work ourselves forward. And so I'm sharing these little things with several people down there. you got to understand there's 200 people okay, or more. And I'm down here sharing information with, with some of them, as they ask. And uh, one particular individual is a black fellow, about my age. I shared with him these concepts, and he's like, I've never thought about the Bible like that. I've never even, that's amazing, because what I did was I told him, you know, if Moses is writing the first five books, then what's he talking about when he says there's a serpent? And what does the word field mean? And Cain took his brother out and killed him in the field. And I'm going, does it, you know, why does the Bible tell us he took him out and killed him in the field? Why didn't he say he just killed him? why are those nuances in there what are the what do those words mean i begin to show him those things and he goes man i've never seen the bible like this and you're making it more vivid more real more relatable and really what i'm doing is i'm saying let's just like you and i are going back and learning hebrew and we're going back and learning some of the concepts and the language and the transliterations and stuff you know people in the church have been doing for years but now we're going back and we're looking at concepts. And we're trying to look at the Bible from the lens of Moses and from the lens of Joshua. And we're working our way forward in their time, minus the televisions, minus the Nikes, minus the video, minus the electricity, minus all those things. Now, how did they write a book 4,000 years ago if they didn't really have paper and pen like you and I did? How were those things done? And how then was the intent of the writer placed into the way that the writing style? They didn't have paragraphs, they didn't have periods and sentences and exclamation marks, they didn't have any of those things. They didn't have writing uh, literature, and they didn't have classes and courses in English and all that stuff. They just basically used the land around them using various images or things like animals. Uh, trees, mountains, rivers, waters—all these different things—to tell a story. Kind of like the Indians, uh, the Native Americans of the United States of America—they do a lot of the same thing. They use the land to tell a story. They used things that that are that they can relate to. They don't have computers. They don't have dictionaries. They don't have thesauruses. They don't have any of this stuff so they're using words like field to represent nations and mountains to represent the high places where the gods were and trees to represent kings because they're strong and 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 and, you know they connect and so when Moses is writing he's implementing all of those things so now when we read certain aspects of the Bible we can go well now the serpent was more crafter than all the beasts of the field that's not even a, a sentence that we can really deal with okay so if you and I take that literally well there's apparently a snake that's smarter than every animal in Egypt and it's out in the field somewhere and that snake comes in and starts talking to Eve it's nonsensical it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense. So now we have to realize that Moses is speaking with allegory. He's speaking with um, he's using imagery to tell a story. So what this program is all about is taking you back to that method. Taking you back to those nuances, that cultural identification, all of those things. If you were talking about a snake, the closest thing that's Moses would would say about a snake that had power over anything would have been the House of Pharaoh and the field well the field was somewhere outside of the House of Pharaoh so the nations would have been that place and of course we don't have a lot of literature confirming what I'm saying because people really don't understand this that's why we like John Walton so much because he kinda gets it and so does JK Wright people are going back and the stuff is starting to come up I can't wait to get down to uh, Cal uh, Orlando in January with Rico and Joseph Good and Dina because we're gonna really explore this stuff but what I'm trying to say to you and what I was saying to the people in California is that you can't look at the Bible from our cultural integrity because it doesn't fit the cultural integrity of the writer and so when I was explaining these various things to various people their eyes are getting wide they want to hear more because it's not why we were there but every chance I got to share these kinds of things, I did, because this is my passion. I mean, this is my passion. This, I, I want to do this everywhere I go, because I want people to get out of the abstract and literally go back to the reality of the situation that Moses is writing about and that the writers of the Bible are trying to communicate. And uh, there's just, I don't have much time to tell you all of these things, but as I close the program out today, I, I just want you to understand that we have this text in the Bible. Now let's go back and find out the intent of the writer based on the culture with which he was writing it. That's what returning to Eden is all about. And before I go quickly, I'm trying something on the Facebook. I'm learning something about Facebook that I didn't know. Facebook is a gigantic entity for advertising. And so I'm I'm learning and I'm reading some things, and so I did something. I spent $30 to uh, get a bunch of likes and I targeted specific areas uh, you know around the world I targeted South Africa Africa uh, and Europe and on our page we're getting a whole bunch of likes from places all over the world particularly Africa and I'm going okay none of these people are really involved with what we're doing so next time I do this I'm going to be more targeted more specific because our program is growing and people are latching onto what we're talking about And I just kind of want to expand the audience. And I thought, well, if it's only going to cost me $5 a day to do that for a week, let's see what that looks like. So if you go to our Facebook page, Returning to Eating, you'll see a whole lot of likes from a whole lot of people. And I hope what we do, if they tune in from those places around the world, benefits them in some way or another. But the next time I do that, I'm going to be a little more targeted with the audience we're trying to reach particularly the young people, because it's their generation that we're leaving uh, all this to. So, so if you go to the Facebook page, that's what we're doing. And, of course, you can pick up all of the archives on our, our website, Dina's website, Returning or Foundations and Tour, on my website, Jeff S. Morton, and, of course, the podcast page at Podomatic. So anyway, this is Jeff Morton. Dina will be with me next week. Uh, you guys have a blessed Thanksgiving. Enjoy your holiday and we'll see you in a week and we just wish you the very best shalom and shabbat shalom and all that wonderful stuff and uh... time for me to go so this is Jeff we'll see you next week bye-bye